This is the Improve Photography Podcast, episode number 207. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. With the beginning of the new year, many of you have resolved to make a new challenge like starting a business, changing careers, or launching a creative product like your photography portfolio. If you are, check out Squarespace and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Harmer, and today I am br- I am with the, the good old gang, Nick Page and Brian McGuckin and Jeff Harmon. Hey, guys. Thanks hey. for having me. Hello. Hello. Well, Hello. we have a ton to talk about in this episode, far more than normal. I didn't get an episode out last year with the new year and everything, or last month, or last week. <laughs> Um, I didn't get an episode out and I sat down to do the show notes and I just started plunking away. I got like a page and a half, two pages here uh, of show notes for us. So first thing I want uh, to talk about today is the DJI Phantom Pro Plus uh, that finally came in. It took forever for my order to uh, to come in. I I was super excited to get the drone, and I have been flying a ton with it. So I just wanted to share nine interesting things uh, that I found out about the DJI Phantom Pro Plus this week as I've been uh, spending a good amount of time with it, probably more time than with my family. (laughs) 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 All right, so thing one... um, First of all, the obstacle avoidance is fantastic on this thing. So it has cameras and sensors all over the place to help you avoid obstacles. And the Phantom 3 had this, and it's improved on the Phantom uh, 4. And it's made me much, much more confident uh, in my shooting. In fact, uh, there's a a new temple uh, being built here in Meridian. And so I've been flying all over the place. uh, and, And so like... So there's this very, very tall building, and then on top of it, there's a a statue. And so I flew 200 feet up and then right up to this statue on top of the building. Uh, And there's no way I would have dared do that without the obstacle avoidance because you lose your your depth perception. You know, you can't tell how far you are away from things uh, once you're normally flying. So that's been really cool. How what is it? What's it like on the Phantom 3, Nick? Uh, Phantom Four, <laughs> and oh, the Phantom uh, Four. I'm sorry. Right, and it, it's the same way. Like it, I, I feel like a lot of times it restricts too much. Like if if I'm oh, flying yeah. and anything is anywhere near the front side of it, it's just like ah, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even like sometimes weeds will stop. Yes. It. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't want to go anywhere near any kind of obstacle, but it has none in the back. So if you fly it backwards at all, you just run into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, talking about that photo that you you posted a photo of the statue on top of that. And I thought that was a DSLR shot. Mm. I, I was I was very impressed because I thought you had just climbed a temple and <laughs> because the image quality was amazing like that. It seems like it's massively upgraded. Yeah, that's and that's that's thing too, I guess, uh, about this is I, I've bought three Phantoms, three DJI Phantoms before this one, and every time I heard the camera's so much better, it looks really good, and so I thought, all right, I'm gonna buy, and then I buy, and it's good enough to get nice video, but not good enough for a still image. When you have a still image, you notice image quality way more than you do with video. Um, and so I've messed up three times and this one, I can honestly say like, 
I I can take these photos and put them in my portfolio, and nobody's gonna say, "Just take that one with your cell phone." Like it looks, mm-hmm. it's it's really good. Not not DSLR quality, but it's really close to that. It, it it's very close to Micro Four Thirds. It's just a tiny step down from uh, Micro Four Thirds image quality. The dynamic range is very impressive. Uh, I posted that that photo of a of a sunrise and. I was amazed uh, that it could capture that much dynamic range. That's awesome. So if I'm hearing you correctly about that, every other one you've talked about, you've always said that it doesn't touch using your painter's pole, that you would always stick with your painter's pole. So you're saying that you, that this is the one. No, I I think this is the one I I think for a still photographer, it's come of age. Uh, And, Mm. you know, like you said, for, for real estate photography, usually I got the phantom and then eventually I just stuck my DSLR on a painter's pole, lifted up and it was just better quality. But this time, no, I'd rather have the phantom for real estate. So you're saying that there's going to be a painter's pole on eBay. <laughs> That's right. You can get a great price for that. Somebody might actually they hold their value really well. <laughs> uh, a couple things that I did notice is um, it obviously has a lot of delicate uh, electronics in here. And when I flew up next to that statue, it's it's metal. And so uh, it, it uh, said it was mess- messing with the compass and it was like, flashing warnings on my screen like i'm freaking out i can't find satellites uh so do be careful flying next to large chunks of metal um (laughs) because i i yeah it it freaked out and and it started blinking losing signal and i was like no no don't do that (laughs) this is gonna be really embarrassing if i've got to like knock on the door and be like excuse me can i get my drone back sir (laughs) um so i was glad uh glad that turned out okay all right. Well, and then, and yeah. I was going to say another good part of that particular drone is that the return to home feature has actually been upgraded to where it will that the obstacle avoidance is in effect as it returns to home. So it's not just going to normally fly. <laughs> Oh, that's or something. cool. I didn't know that. It, it didn't have that before in previous no, models. No, it didn't. It would, it would just go up to a certain level and then just fly home regardless of right, what Right straight through the tree. Right. So that the return to home elevation was very, very important because if there's trees and your return to home elevation is set to 50 feet, it's probably not going to work out so well. Oh, wow. But this one will actually fly around stuff and avoid obstacles and then return to home and land right where it took off. So when you're buying this, you have the option of getting the plus that's the remote with the screen built into it or just the the regular. Now this screen costs 300 bucks uh, to get the plus uh, that has the, the, it's basically, it's just an Android phone actually um, that's just built into the remote control. I hesitated on this one because I had the Phantom 3 before and you just plug a dumb cord from from the controller into your phone. And so I thought, why am I going to pay for this? But I kept reading reviews uh, from people that said it would just made it way faster to get up and launch uh, and, and just use the thing faster. And I thought, you know, it, that might actually be worth the money because, uh, you know, that is a negative to the drone is it's it's a major setup, you know, put on your props. Get it out there. Let it acquire GPS. Launch and get up. Um, it, it, it takes some time, and so I thought anything that makes it faster is worth it. And I've got to say, if you can swing it, it's worth getting the screen built in. One, it's way brighter than your phone is, um, and two, everything's just integrated in one thing. All the updates happen for the screen and everything. 
um, and it's just a lot faster. So if you can swing it, I, I would budget for that extra expense. Makes it much more fun, I think. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, uh, another thing is never buy directly from DJI.com. So you can buy it from DJI or there's a host of other retailers, Amazon, Drone World, whatever. Um, and I thought, well, if I can buy direct from DJI, I'm going to buy direct from DJI. Uh, not something I would recommend. They were terrible. As, so I bought this <laughs> the next day. Um, part of the part of the accessories and stuff that I bought went on a sale for Black Friday, and so it hadn't shipped yet. So I emailed customer support, and you get an automated response back from customer support <laughs> that says uh, it's going to take quite a few days before we get back to you so (laughs) i was like well that's not a good sign there's no number to call um and then they finally get back to me i think it was almost a week later their sale is still going on they still haven't shipped my drone and i said hey you know give me the sale you haven't even shipped it yet like it's still it's still there like should i really just cancel my order and and do it with the sale and they said sorry we can't do that and i was like Ah, you know, it's just not a retailer that's trying to work with you, you know? And then uh, once they finally shipped it, they only shipped a tiny portion of of the things they ordered. I ordered extra batteries and stuff. Uh, I still haven't seen that. I never got any note that it was like a partial order. There was no tracking info. Uh, I, I just never received all the other accessories that I ordered and so now I've got to go back and fight with them uh, and see if they're going to decide that they want to ship it to me so uh, if you're going to order a phantom don't do it from dji.com just buy from Amazon or wherever else Uh, last thing is if you're going to get a drone I would budget uh, a little extra for binoculars if you don't have them and bring a spotter with you Uh, so the FAA recommends that you don't have a spotter with binoculars because like when you're watching your screen you can be looking in the screen and not noticing you know that to your side or whatever there's a tree or something like that Uh, so I like if I can fly with the spotter you know my wife or kids come with me and just have them watch out uh, if I get too sucked into the technology and so I don't crash into something Uh, you know if they have a nice pair of binoculars it can save you a crash um, which did happen to me. I did crash it already on the second day I owned it. Um, I was showing off how cool the obstacle avoidance was on this thing uh, to my to my nephew. And I said, watch this. I can fly full speed into the fence and it will just stop. It what? didn't stop. <laughs> it didn't this stop. is not a good idea. It's a terrible idea, but it's been so good. It was sensitive. I mean, even weeds were stopping it. So I'm flying full speed into this fence and just kaboom. And I realized the problem was it was a white vinyl fence, and Idaho is just in snow apocalypse right now. Oh. So, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe don't show off if you've got uh, one. It's not that reliable, but it's at least something. That's great. <laughs> Famous right. last words. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim, uh, a question for you on that. With the FAA, can you get can you take the test ahead of time, like before you ever get a drone yep. and get your license, or do you have to wait because you have to like put some serial code thing into? It? Nope, you don't. You can you can do it ahead of time. You can't okay. register your drone until you have it, obviously, but you can get your, your license. Okay. All right. Good to know. And speaking of winter, Jeff, you wanted to talk a little bit about winter photography. Or was this Nick? 
This was me. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and now let's just pass it over to Jess. Let's, <laughs> let's see what he says. <laughs> Off the top of your head, Jeff. What do you exactly. want to talk about with winter photography? Exactly. It's cold. Uh, <laughs> feels like high school speech. Um, so yeah, it's it's winter. Like like you said, it's snow apocalypse. Um, the the Pacific Northwest right now has just been inundated with snowstorms and really cold weather. Last night, I think it got down to like five below zero here, uh, which is way colder than I prefer to be in. It's just very very <laughs> cold. And actually, um, those of you guys that know this already, I I just got done uh, leading a Iceland workshop. And while we were in Iceland, we were there and it was like 40 degrees and then people are posting photos from home and it's like, you know, 10 degrees and, <laughs> and, just, and we were in Iceland and way warmer than they are. And they're all sending us pictures like, oh, it looks so cold. And we just didn't have the heart to tell them. No, no, I, I wasn't. Um, but uh, as photographers, like a lot of times you get the feeling that when it's really snowy outside, it's not the best time for photos, but it's really not true. Um, there's a lot of different types of landscape photography, well, actually all types of photography that lend itself really well to being shot in snow scenes. Um, like in portraits, sometimes when you have tons of snow, it makes for just a really simple, uh, clean background and you get the light reflecting off of the snow. And sometimes that's the best natural light you can get because you've got just this giant reflector underneath them and they get really nice light on them. Um, but lately I've been traveling to uh, different waterfalls and places around the Pacific Northwest because we have this unique situation where we have this rainforest with all these waterfalls and now there's snow and ice and icicles hanging from the moss and it's just a really unique time. So um, <clears throat> basically I just wanted to inspire people to when the weather gets like abnormally cold like this a lot of times it's a really good time for photography because it's a great chance to go out and do something new and original it's not the typical shot of your local icon that most people have in the middle of the summer when you know the weather is nice uh, when you shoot in the middle of the winter you know things can be just dramatically different and you'll be the only person to get that shot have you guys been going out and doing much shooting lately anybody so I did actually have a really cool uh, environment to shoot in a couple of days ago where it was uh, very foggy. All, it was so cold and, and it just produced this fog. It was super thick all day long. And so the sun, you could look straight into the sun pretty much because the fog was so thick and it made it look, I guess, a little bit more like the moon perhaps. I don't know. But it, it was a really interesting environment, a lot different situation than the landscape ever looks. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I made sure to go out there and get some with like, I have some, the, the black trees with no leaves on them against like the snowy ground and the, the foggy air with the sun, um, kind of looking very unique with all that fog there. So it was a very cool shooting thing. I haven't processed it yet. I, I can't wait to get to that, but. So I cool. never have luck with luck. It's not luck. I don't have good skill <laughs> when it comes to, it comes to snow photos. Um, I, the, the problem that I always have with it is that it just, it removes all the cool texture uh, from yeah. the earth. You know, the, just all the interesting things happening on the ground. And so ah, I, I just always have a hard time. You know, I, I was just looking as you were talking through uh, the best snow photos that I've taken and they're 
not that inspiring. They're just really not. <laughs> uh, a couple from from Iceland when we when you and I went last, Nick, that we had just kind of that dusting of snow that was awesome mm-hmm. for the mountains and stuff. Uh, but you know, when it's just like packed with snow, um, you know, wildlife photography is great. Uh, but other than that, I, I just never have real great success. So what am I doing wrong? How, how can I get more inspired with this? Well, I think the most successful shots when you, when you're dealing with a snow scene, when everything, when all those textures go away or when you have a really obvious subject, like a barn or a tree or, you know, a very singular, simple subject, because then all everything else that if you take that photo in the summertime, all those other things can kind of be considered distractions in a way, you know, like if you have a lot of textures and then a subject, sometimes those textures grab your eye as much as the subject. But if all of those, all of those textures just kind of go away, it makes for a very, very simple image. And sometimes simple can be really successful, you know, like your eye just goes boom straight to the straight to your subject. And it's a very minimalistic type of photography. And then, then there's other times where, you know, the, the snow is just, um, it, it's a landscape that kind of lends itself to one composition. Like, you know, a lot of waterfalls are that way. We, we just photographed a, a waterfall in the Pacific Northwest that is, um, it's very beautiful and very striking because the water is, is just this really deep aquamarine kind of bluish green. It's like very, very striking. And sometimes in the summertime, um, the color of the water gets gets kind of overshadowed by all the greenery that's surrounding it. But in the wintertime, when the only color really is that water, everything's white, and then you have the color of the water, the water really pops and really stands out. And another reason I, I like that shot so much that we, that we were able to get is that it's really, really hard to get to that place in the wintertime. <laughs> it's hard to get there in the summertime. Had I known how difficult it was was to get to, I probably wouldn't have let Majid talk me into going because I almost didn't make it out of that place. Uh, but because it's so difficult, there's very few photos of it in the wintertime, which kind of makes that shot a little bit more special to me. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> See, but you guys, you're – you're just you're lucky though the snow we get here in the midwest i mean nick you were here it's flat you know <laughs> we're, we're driving and nick's looking around he's like he's like here's the landscape i'm like exactly that's our issue you know, and like the other day it was 50 degrees and now it's like seven degrees and mm-hmm. in india you know tomorrow it could be 80 degrees here in indiana you just the weather's always crazy so when we get snow it, it's dirty snow because it melts quickly and then it mixes in with all the mud and you've got to have the timing of it. I was was frustrated. I had a wedding on January 30th and I had this epic shot in my mind of this, uh, this couple standing under this like bird cage iron thing that uh, it's, I have, I shared with it. It's on my uh, Facebook page and my website. And I just envisioned it with snow falling down because originally, you know, they were predicting snow and it's not too late to do that, Brian. I know. I, I don't like to do a whole lot of that type of photography. I'm not much into composites like that. <laughs> no, you can add the snowflakes. I know. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point, Jeff, is uh, it's tough to make snow. Like when snow is falling, it's tough yeah. to kind of show that. Really hard to photo. capture it. You got to yeah. have deep depth of field. Um, and, and even so, sometimes the unless you have those big fatty snowflakes coming down, 
Uh, sometimes you just don't really even notice it in a photo. Usually when it. it's snowing, I'll capture the snow and then I'll I'll add more snow in Photoshop. Otherwise, you, you yeah. just can't really even tell. Right. But this I had this I had this nighttime vision <laughs> okay. with the the flash going off behind the couple, which it did, and all, but just lighting up the snowflakes oh, that yeah, were in between me idea. and them. You know, so it totally would have popped and would have worked, uh-huh. but it didn't. this is totally a rat hole and i know it but uh a a tip for getting those snow shots is to have a dark background to put them put the subject against because the the way to really see those snowflakes falling is to have them contrasting against a dark background Mm -hmm. and another tip is to just rattle off a whole bunch of photos of that same composition the same portrait and take like, you know, 15 photos and then you can overlay them in Photoshop and just do a um, auto blend and all of those, all of those snowflakes are going to come through and then you've just like tripled the amount of snow that you had. Cool. Quick. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good tip. Thank you. Next time I'll take some like flakes of, uh, what is it? Mashed potatoes and I'll sprinkle it. In front. <laughs> there you go. The dried, the dried mashed potatoes. There Before you go. every shoot, he can, he can just go. <laughs> <laughs> some people throw rice at weddings. Brian McGuckin throws instant potatoes. There you exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> and the, their eyelashes will just be caked with mashed potatoes. <laughs> and they start crying and then he gets crying potatoes. Oh. <laughs> All right. We want to get on and talk a little bit more about the best platform for your photography portfolio and also some goals for 2017 and how to push your photography a little bit further. But before we do that, we want to thank Squarespace for supporting this episode of the Improved Photography Podcast. You know, it's a new year. If you're ready to start something new, kick your business into overdrive, uh, a great way to do it is with a photography portfolio, whether or not you have uh, commercial aspirations for your photography. Uh, It's just a good exercise to put together your best images Put them somewhere you can be proud of and and let your friends and family know about it. And if you are starting a business, uh, there's a great blogging feature in there. You can sell your photos or workshops on there. Uh, Squarespace has everything you need all in one package uh, for a very reasonable price. Uh, Plus, Squarespace offers a unique domain experience that's fully transparent and simple to set up. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. That's IMPROVE for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Okay, we... um we had a question come in from Darren Townsend uh, on Facebook. He says, what's the best platform for a photography portfolio site? Uh, what do you think about WordPress for a photography portfolio? So I quick note, uh, obviously we uh, have advertisements for Squarespace and Zenfolio periodically on the website. Now those are advertisements. We read those advertisements. I turn down about three times more advertisers than I accept onto the podcast because uh, I want it to be people that uh, companies that we know uh, or that are relevant um, to uh, to the topic. Um, and so I like both Squarespace and Zenfolio. I think they both have um, a place in photography, but there are other options as well. WordPress, Wix, and many others. And so uh, I just want you to know this is not a sponsored segment or anything. This is really just what we think uh, of, uh, of the platform. So let's just do a quick round, Robin. Uh, how is everybody's photography portfolio set up right now? Nick, what are, what's your uh, portfolio on? 
I go through Squarespace and I deliver all my images with pass and that's pretty much it. I let my Zenfolio, which I used to deliver uh, images with, and I used to sell prints through that. I let that completely lapse and I've completely done away with Zenfolio. So now I'm just using Squarespace and pass. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what are you using? I am all Zenfolio. So all I, right. I have... So Zenfolio. Yep. And I'm pulling up all you guys' websites as, as you're talking about this for those on the video. Um, and Brian, who are you using? Uh, I use Show It. Right now it, it's updated to Show It 5. Show It's the same, well, started from the same company that also created Pass, which is what I used to <clears throat> to pass the pictures on to the clients. But I, I love Show It because it allows me to, it's like a blank sheet of paper and anything you can think of, you can put it on there and create it. So, Very cool. Uh, and for me, I am using um, Squarespace for my photography portfolio. However, uh, I will add that I have over 20 websites running um, WordPress, uh, like improvephotography.com <laughs> uh, is running WordPress and many of my other blogging businesses. Uh, so uh, that's so I love WordPress. I mean, I love WordPress. I got a lot of websites on it. I've been using it for many years. And so the question is, why would I choose uh, Squarespace for my photography portfolio? Uh, the answer is I used to use uh, WordPress for my photography portfolio, and it was just a pain in the rear. Uh, I'm very competent with WordPress. Um, and the problem is you have to just resize all the images and everything. You've got to do that every time you want to put them up. Um, it, you've got to be updating plugins and dealing with all the spam and the normal things that, that come with uh, WordPress. I think WordPress is a fantastic uh, solution if you're trying to build an empire. I mean, something where you're building a very large website where you expect a large amount of traffic. You're willing to deal with a lot of technological headaches and, and troubleshooting things and spending a lot of time to do a simple update on your website. But WordPress is powerful. I mean, anything, anything you imagine or you've seen on any other website uh, on the web, you can do it with WordPress. 25% of all websites in the whole world are made with, with WordPress now. Uh, some themes are better than others for sure, uh, but I think WordPress is really the, the best choice if you're building a photography blog where you're trying to really get traffic to a big photography blog and do something interesting. For a simple portfolio, I do not recommend it. It was it was a pain in the neck for me. Nick, I know you were you know WordPress as well. Yeah. Why why did you choose Squarespace? Any other yeah. reason or same thing? For exactly that reason, like it, the the more difficult a website is to update, the less you're going to update it. And with photography, like the most important part is keeping your newest photos up. Otherwise, what's the point? Yep. And. And Squarespace is just so much simpler. Before Squarespace, I, I was using Zenfolio for a short while and eh, I, I didn't really like it. It just wasn't customizable enough. It's not pretty to um, me. Zenfolio yeah. is not super pretty, the designs. Exactly. No, I agree. And, then, I agree. and then after that, I was actually using 500px's pro version. Oh, yeah. Where you can actually like host all of your images and stuff. Eh, just I could never customize it enough. Mm -hmm. WordPress, like it is super customizable, and there's there's so many millions of themes out there that you can always find a theme that's close to what you're thinking. But then you have to go in and tweak it and make it yours. With Squarespace, there's much fewer themes, 
Um, but the ones that they have just look good and they're simple. And you're like, you know, I can either spend, you know, 20 minutes setting it up and then 20 minutes updating it, or I can spend a week setting it up yep. and then get too lazy to update it later on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Squarespace. Agreed. Now, Brian, I've got to admit of I, all you guys have awesome photography websites, but Brian, yours is pretty sweet. I really like yours. I love the your uh, Wanderlust page where you have a map of all the places you've been and you can click to see the photos you've taken in different places and stuff. It looks slick. So t- tell us about, you know, how much does this cost? Uh, kind of is it easy to set up all that kind of stuff? Well, honestly, I I have a friend of a friend who was able to. <laughs> that's the easiest way to say. It, you should who was start to, every sentence with that, Brian, because you have a friend of a friend for everything. It's he awesome. does. He does. Brian is the, the most connected man in the world. In the world, he really is. Let's let's just say I know a guy, and <laughs> uh, I was able to purchase pass every now and then, or not pass, show it. Sorry, they're like brother and sister things. So show mm-hmm. it um, every now and then sells like a lifetime subscription, uh-huh. I guess is the best way to say it. So I have that website. Basically, I, I have that program for life. Uh, I don't pay anything for hosting. I paid one chunk in the beginning and it's never going to cost me anything the rest of my life, no matter what I choose to do. That's and awesome. They have, they have templates that you can use that you can start with. They do have designers that you can hire. Uh, I just... What I love about it is I can make it my own vision. So the, f- the first page started a little bit with a template, but the mapping part was just an idea that I had with showing a map of the world and being able to click on, you know, one of the, um, one of the little map drop spots and, and see the pictures from there. So creating it in the beginning takes time just because it's with anything, you know, anything you, when you go to start it, it just takes time to get it right and to yeah. get it your way. The trickiest thing about it is there's also a mobile version and you've got to, like you can create the desktop version, but then you have to adapt the mobile version. Otherwise you're going to have text that just lies in a different spot over the image, which is kind of a struggle I have right now. So if you go to my like kind words on the phone compared to online on the phone, it's kind of blocking their faces. So I'm trying to get that updated. There's a way to do it. I'm just, I, I don't put the energy into it as much as I probably should, but I spent a lot of hours in the beginning to get it the way I wanted it. So and I, updating, updating it's pretty easy. So I found the, the pricing for show it and it looks like it's between 230 and $408 per year. Um, depending on on kind of which package you check, uh, you pick from them. Uh, so it's more expensive, you know, uh, between twenty and thirty dollars a month. But it's not insanely expensive. Uh, you know, we're uh, on on Squarespace. You're going to be paying between eight and fifteen, something like that usually. Uh, so it's more. But if you're you know running a business or something, that's it's a pretty small cost if it's going to make a big difference in in your marketing. So Jeff, let's talk a little bit about about Zenfolio. Uh, I, I mentioned that I don't love the design of the Zenfolio uh, sites, but the functionality of Zenfolio is really tailored for photographers. So what made you pick it? The biggest thing I, I and the reason I stick with it because I agree the the templates and and the flexibility, especially since I've got a web development background, I want to go in there and change some stuff, and I can't can't do anything. You have to go use choose their templates. I have a mix of 
panos that I want to show I panorama photos. And that's a real challenge. If they were all consistently sized, that would work a lot better. Um, so I had to pick a template that would at least make that not look terrible. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the look of it is, is certainly not, uh, I think Squarespace definitely has them beat, but it's the, that's not the main purpose for my site. My, my main purpose is that's how I deliver my photos. So pass is the way that that uh, Nick and Brian are doing it, but this is how I do it. I use the Zenfolio features there. And um, the way I've decided to do my my uh, workflow, I involve the client a lot in deciding which photos it is that they want me to work on. So I go through and I do an initial calling where I reject, you know, obvious, there's no way they care about the picture I took of my shoelace <laughs> or the, the test shot I was taking as I was dialing in the exposure to be exactly how I wanted it. I know I don't want those, they don't want those. So I take out those, but I give them a small version of it through my Zenfolio sites that they can go see every one of them. And then they can favorite and mark in my Zenfolio site, which ones are their favorites. When they hire me, they uh, they get a certain number of photos that I will go work on and, and post-process afterwards. And uh, so I, I tell them that and then I tell them there's also just additional cost for everyone after that that you wanna have me work on. They can mark them in the site. It cut, I can go pull that back and and uh, work on the ones that I want they wanted, and then deliver the final results to them through the same site. So that's that's the part of it that I like the most and why I use it. Okay, let's see if we can uh, come down to to an agreement on on this so that we have a clear recommendation for people. So what I would say um, is choose WordPress if you want to build an empire and you don't mind a lot of uh a lot of time tweaking and things and troubleshooting and and resizing photos because it doesn't do it automatically for you that kind of thing uh choose show it uh if you want to invest a bit more it's more expensive but have something really slick looking um and it sounds like there are uh, it's a little bit more work to get things properly formatted um choose Squarespace if you want something simple, beautiful, um, not super full featured, but you can still do a lot. And choose Zenfolio if you're, I think especially if you're a portrait photographer or somebody that's working directly with clients uh, because it has that functionality of, you know, uploading a gallery for a client uh, all built in. Somebody can go and just buy a photo directly from the site and yep. have it shipped to them, uh, that kind of thing. What does everybody think of that? Are there things that I miss or disagree with? Let me yeah. let me add one thing about with show it uh, when you go to upload your uh, or republish it when you go to publish your website part of it is connected to WordPress so my blog that I have in there which don't try to read my blog because I don't know WordPress well and that part's <laughs> WordPress so it is somewhat connected to WordPress to where when you go to publish it you, you're doing it through WordPress oh, okay. so so it it's always been separate. The show at five before it was a desktop thing. Now it's an online thing. So for some reason now, the way they have it done is it, you finalize it through WordPress. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we have consensus. This is great. Uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of our uh, official recommendations, I guess, uh, uh, for photography portfolio. I don't know if there's one that rules. Uh, it just depends on kind of what your situation is and, and which one that uh, that fits you best. In a year from now, the story might be different. Yeah, totally <laughs> They're changing right. constantly. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, totally could. 
Uh, all right. On to the 2017 goals um, for this year. So I want to make a couple quick announcements about improved photography and some of the things that uh, will affect you. Um, and then uh, I just want to kind of hear from you guys where you've been in 2016 and where you're going with your personal photography uh, or your business, kind of what, what your aims are for this next year. Uh, so uh, a couple things. Um, one, Improved Photography Plus is great. Uh, it's something that I really want to um, continue to build uh, over this next year. Uh, I, I want it to be a total no-brainer um, to, uh, to be a member of Improved Photography Plus. That's our subscription site. Uh, it costs $20 a month, and you get access to just about everything Improved Photography does. You know, the Lightroom steel, you got it. It's part of that. We have hundreds of hours of hundreds of training videos and, and presets and, and uh, contracts and all kinds of stuff in there. Um, and so th there's a lot in there, plus the community. It's almost never does somebody write a question or something in the community page that I don't respond to. Uh, so I am hiring somebody right now for that. I think next week uh, I'll have a final hiring decision on that. Next, I'm also hiring somebody uh, to work on the marketing for the Photo Locations app. I haven't talked about this in quite a while. Uh, I did get distracted with other products and uh, projects. Like and the drone. The, yeah, like the drone um, <laughs> and getting the Lightroom steel ready and things. But I have been working on it behind the scenes for over a year now. Uh, getting the design right. I did several surveys uh, of you guys, the listeners, to see what you want from that. Um, it is now with the developer in his hands, uh, and I expect to have it out in March. Crossing my fingers, maybe it will be ready uh, for the for the conference. Um, oh. It is going to be iOS only uh, to begin with, only on uh, on Apple. The problem is the cost <laughs> doubles. Uh, you, 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 the cost doubles if you're going to make it for Android and the iPhone. For improved photography listeners and visitors to the website, almost 70% are on Apple devices. And so that's the one that I had to go with first. Um, uh, we do expect to have an Android app uh, out eventually. But, you know, my concern was let's do this and do this right. Uh, once we get the, the iPhone right and get it everything perfect, then we can start working on the Android version. The other thing is the cost is high. Uh, I, I'm spending over 10 grand uh, to make this thing. It's probably gonna end up around $15,000 to create this app. Ouch, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I need to know that this isn't at least going to, that I'm not gonna have to write a check so that people can have this app. I, I need to know that it's at least going to break even, and that's my goal with it. I, I don't think this is going to make a million dollars, but I, I just need to know that it's not going to be a big cost for me. Uh, it's going to be a free app uh, with ads, and then you can pay $12 per year to get the, the premium uh, version of it that will give you some pretty cool extra features and remove ads and that kind of thing. So I, I'm hoping that enough people find it worth $12 a year. That's like very cheap $1 a month uh, to get this thing. Um, I, I'm hoping enough people are interested in that that I, uh, we can keep that uh, keep the, the, the app free for everybody and keep it online. Um, 
okay, so there, there's that. So I'm hiring a marketing person to, to work on that between now and March. Um, next, and this is one that I'm uh, looking for people interested in, Improved Photography is looking for six news writers. So for the last over seven years um, on Improved Photography, we've only done evergreen content. We've only done articles that will be you know, as relevant today as in, you know, three years from now. And, you know, cameras change a little bit over time, but uh, they're, they're things that are longstanding. We haven't really done any news. Um, and I want to give everybody a little bit more of, an, of a reason to type in improvephotography.com every morning to, to get your fill of photography. Uh, I want it to be something that every time you go to improvephotography.com, we got something new for you. And so I think we need to add a certain element of news articles um, onto the website. Uh, kind of with with our normal improved photography flair. Um, so I am looking for six new people who want to write about news articles uh, on on the website. And if you're interested in that, email me at jim at improvephotography.com and uh, my assistant will get back to you and uh, looking forward to get those people online. I need people who read Petapixel every day, who are on Reddit, who are looking, you know, who read the rumors sites on all the different uh, cameras, people who are tapped into this a little bit addicted. That's the kind of guy I need uh, to write some of those news articles. So that's Jim at improvephotography.com. Uh, if you're if you're the photo news kind of guy like me, uh, then then uh, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, uh, that's what's going on with Improved Photography for 2017, in addition to, of course, our first conference. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about just what each of you are doing in your own photography. Get to the photography-centric stuff. Uh, Brian, can we go to you first? Kind of tell us what, what it is you want to focus on and, uh, and accomplish this year. I was hoping you would say that because I was going to interrupt you and let you know that I may find a way to fund your photo location app if you only keep it for iOS just for the sake of watching Nick Page. Because <laughs> 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 when you said that, it's like at first he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you I said that the and noise. Like, oh, like the air just deflated from Nick Page. Like, What's well, no. such a wonderful oh, I mean. Every single cool app goes straight to iOS and us Android people don't get it. Like there's so yeah. many cool apps like photo pills. That's a great app. I don't get to use it. Yeah. And there's like Skyfire for the uh, photographers ephemeris. I don't get to use that. All these <laughs> great apps. And yeah, oh, nobody cares about Nick. Whatever. Okay. So <laughs> let me defend myself a little bit on that. One is just the cost. I mean, it's, it's You're already, cheap. I'm, yeah, I'm cheap. I am. Uh, I mean, it's already like, almost 15 grand like to make it thirty thousand dollars before i see a dollar come back yikes <laughs> right like yikes uh, and the other thing is uh, if you look at the statistics there are way more android devices than there are uh, apple devices but when you look at improvephotography.com almost 70 percent uh is on apple of our, our actual traffic in in our audience and the other thing is when you look at the numbers of of uh, people who actually spend money on an app, you know, who pay yep. way higher, almost double on on the iPhone compared to Android. And so yep. when a, an app developer is looking to make an app, it's like, well, I want to make it on both. Everybody does. But it's like, if I don't want to end up in the poorhouse on this thing <laughs> and at least break even, I better be a little bit careful with this. <laughs> anyway, that's my defense. Right. <laughs> Sorry for the little sidetrack there. Very, very I'm disappointed. Very disappointed. <laughs> It'll never work. 
There's an easy answer to your problem, Nick. There's a very easy answer to your problem. Yeah, well, no, no, there's not. Well, he answered it on his own. He said that, you know, people who are Android and everything that we just don't get it. You know, you don't get the apps. You're right. You're not getting it. (laughs) <laughs> have you guys ever seen this this is kind of cool this is this is samsung only right here a little 360 degree camera but you guys wish you had one of those okay so we're on to me now all right okay so uh this has been the past month has been a big focus just on me for my business wise just as far as uh just financially with my family and my wife's been staying home and homeschooling some kids and just we've been blessed to be able to do that for the past few years, but some changes need to be made for us to be able to continue to do that. So I'm going to be kind of focusing more on the business in a way that I haven't in the past. Um, I've been starting to shoot or starting to do some workshops locally. One of the things I love to do is I love to teach and I love to help people. And so I've been doing a handful of local workshops, just helping the average Joe who has a camera, teach them how to shoot in manual mode. And it's been a blast just seeing these people of all different ages, just walking away, you know, like the first day they walk away kind of, okay, you know, a little like (laughs) overload. But then the second day when they come back, it's like, okay, I'm getting this now. And I love that. I love being able to help. So I'm going to look into uh, doing some more workshops locally, as well as some travel workshops. I know one thing I've got coming up next month that uh, I'm trying to finalize right now is a workshop in uh, just outside Denver, Colorado, and then possibly doing some shooting as well. A couple of those nights with um, one of the one of my mentees from the the IP group, the IP plus group. Very so cool. I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's going to hopefully launch some other opportunities for me. Um, as far as photography goes, some things I want to improve on is nailing down my flash. I have not used flash a whole lot over the past few years. Maybe because it's still nailed down. You gotta pick that thing up, man. That, that's probably it. <laughs> but nails you know, and flashes I, don't actually mix very well. That's, no, I'm sure you could do something cool with it. <laughs> Make some type of spark of electricity. <laughs> but I end up selling my Canon flash. I think it was two years ago, and buying a whole bunch of young newos, and have just started to play with it and really enjoy it. And just got the the mag mod and threw that on there for for the wedding I had, and that just. I enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay, so there's some creativity starting to go through my head with that. So I'm looking forward to doing some more of that as well as shooting some more panoramas, you know, just looking back through the panoramas we did in China. And when I did, uh, when I was with Nick in Washington, I just really enjoyed those. And so I want to challenge myself to do some more of those, um, you know, more in, in, in ways where you normally wouldn't think about it. I think Nick, I don't know if you did, yeah, you did a panorama um, on like a senior shoot or something once, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah you know. I've been working uh, panoramas more into my portrait photography, and it's cool because you can you can I forget the name of it, but you get that shallow depth of field, you know, because you're shooting a you know a very wide open aperture. You can get that nice shallow depth of field, but then a wide field of view because you're. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool. I've been doing a lot more of that with my senior shoots. So I'm looking forward to doing some of that and. Really, 
I've been, I guess officially I started my business. I had to look this up. December 6, 2007 was when I officially made myself a business. Although, you know, being a full-time teacher, I don't get to pour into it as much as I would like, but I've never felt like I know what my brand is. And I can look at Nick's photos and I'm like, okay, yeah, Nick shot that. And as well as some, you know, a handful of other photographers, but I look at my own photos. And I'm like, well, what's my brand? You know, I, I like classic black and white shots. I know, I, I know what I don't like. I know I like, you know, bold colors. So I struggle to figure out my brand a little bit and have been working on that recently. And I'm coming up with a new logo. I'm usually not a fan of logos um, other than, you know, something simple. So I, I think I found one that I might like, and I'm going to use the winter to focus on getting my finances in order instead of just using an Excel spreadsheet. And then I was recently invited to a brighter show, which I'm not a fan of, Hey, look at me, you know, come let me be your photographer. (laughs) My personality is more of, Hey, you don't like me or my photos. That's fine. I'm not going to sell myself onto you or that's not how I like to present myself, but um, it's a pretty upscale um, country club that invited me and I'm going to be the only photographer that's there. Oh, that's a great opportunity. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. It is. And I've shot a few weddings there. So they're familiar with me and vice versa. So that'll be my first time doing a bridal show. And I'm not, I've got some ideas for it and we'll, we'll see. Uh, again, it's not me typically. It's not my type of personality, but I think this might be enjoyable. With if if you want to sign any brides, you better keep those potato flakes away. <laughs> hey, here in Indiana, we got to use what we have, you know? <laughs> nice. That's cool. That sounds like a great direction. I'm excited for you, Brian. Thanks. Cool. All right, Nick, what do you have for going? Well, um, 2016 was a huge year for me. Um, led workshops. Uh, I feel like my photography improved quite a bit. At least my post-processing did. I don't know if I actually got better at the actual picture taking, but I definitely got better at post-processing. This year, um, I'm going to be teaching a whole lot more workshops. I've really doubled down on the amount of workshops I'm teaching. Uh, I've already sold out one for Iceland. Going to be uh, doing another second one in Iceland. We're going to Kauai. Um, all my Palouse tours are sold out. Those three of those, Oregon coast, and then uh, you know the the retreat. Like we're doing a whole lot of uh, workshops on the business side of things. I'm also, it's kind of a personal goal. And I might've said this last year, I really want to lose weight because I'm getting (laughs) really tired of being tired. Like as a landscape photographer, like I, I, I know a very few overweight, really good landscape photographers. It's kind of an oxymoron really because the fat ones, they can't get the shot because they're too busy huffing and puffing at the base of the trail and they can't make it to all those great places. And so one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to die trying (laughs) or, or maybe I should lose weight and maybe not die trying. So it's kind of a personal goal. I really need to lose weight. And I think that that's really going to make me a better photographer because I'm going to actually get out and be able to get to some of the places. Good for Um, you. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I said it last year too, and probably the year before. It's kind of a this this year's different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, that that hike to the last waterfall I did, it was rough. It was real bad. But you did it though. I'm pretty sure I'm the heaviest person to ever survive that hike. (laughs) (laughs) You made it though. That's awesome. I'm glad you're working on that. That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on. Um, more workshops on the business side of things. I want to get organized in a couple different ways. Um, financially, I want to have like my taxes, a separate bank account where every month I put 30% of what I made into that little account. And then it's there for when I need it. So I don't get stressed at the end of every quarter and like, Oh, gotta scrounge up all this money. So, and trying to organize my Lightroom catalog, there's a good time. There's a goal for everybody. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. I want to get organized. I want to lose a little bit of weight and I'm going to be teaching more workshops and share some of these amazing places I've been lucky enough to shoot. So that's Very what cool. I've been. Sounds like it's going to be a good year. How about you, Jeff? So my first one, um, I really want to get a panorama shot where it transitions from day to night. Oh, that's cool. And I have no idea how hard or easy that is yet. <laughs> I've not tried it at all. So that's going to be an interesting thing to work through and figure out how to do it. But, uh, but I want to get a good one. Uh, so I expect lots of failures before I get a good one, but, but I want to get one of those. Um, I want to go shoot some high school football. I've, uh, I've been doing high school basketball for the last couple of weeks, uh, last month or so. And I really liked that too. That's been really fun. Been plenty challenging, uh, been able to learn a lot just by, by going and doing that. And I think I have enough of an in with the high school now because I did that, that I will uh, be able to actually go and get on the football field. So I want to go do that. Um, and then the, the last one is I really want to increase the reach of Photo Taco, the podcast. Um, want to get uh, a lot more listeners going there. I, I feel like we made some big improvements to the show over the last year. And, uh, and I hope that we can continue on that path and I can increase the audience and the reach of Photo Taco. Yeah, uh, you've made big improvements to Photo Taco. Uh, it's always been a good show. In the beginning, it was very much targeted to the beginner photographer. And now that's not really the case at all. Uh, professional photographers will get things from it in every episode. Uh, so if you aren't subscribed to Photo Taco or if you have in the past and, and uh, gave, it a, gave it a pause for a little while, go resubscribe to Photo Taco. Uh, you got some good things going on there. Yeah, I'm having lots of fun with it. We're going to get some... Uh, I, I've been able to get enough contact with some of the other media, other photographies, photographers out there that uh, we're having some guests on and we, we just dive into a topic. So it's not, it's not really the, hey, tell us about yourself and what do you like to do? And it's, we tackle a topic where they're like the expert on that topic right. and go through the settings and the, the detail about how it is that you can replicate what it is they're doing to get there. And, and so it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. And I, I hope we can increase that audience. Very cool. Uh, for me, uh, for my photography, uh, I want to work, uh, I want to work on stopping doing what I've been chasing for the last several years. Uh, I, I think all of us have, have come to a point uh, where you kind of develop your recipe for making a photo. Uh, and for me, I've developed the landscape recipe uh, where you go to a location, you kind of need to glance at it for 30 seconds and you already know where you're going to go stand. You already know your tripod height just kind of happens. You set up your camera settings, you wait for the right light, get something foreground, midground, background and click and you got it. Uh, and you know you can make a lot of really nice photos that way uh, and I 
I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm tired of chasing the next nice photo. Like, oh, that's nice. And then I go try to make another nice one, you know? Now, this one's slightly nicer than the other. Um, and I just... I haven't felt like I've been uh, the adventure uh, and the excitement and the 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 creativity has been a little bit taken out of it. Uh, I've taken it out of it uh, over the last year, and so I want to do completely new things that put me in all different situations this year. Um, number one, I am going to spend a little bit over two weeks in Kansas in May chasing tornadoes. I want to photograph a tornado. That'd be so cool. <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm going, I'm going to do that. I, if you listen to the tripod podcast, we have a great episode coming up that I just recorded, um, with a storm chaser, a very well-known storm chaser. Uh, and he gives, I just grilled him on all the info that I wanted to know, not just about tornadoes but just how to find storms in general to have that epic uh, kind of weather going on in your photos. So see a tornado, photograph it, number one. Number two, I want to get scuba certified and do some kind of underwater portrait shoot. I just think that would be cool. I have no idea what the portrait is going to be, but I'm going to go after it. Um, number three, um, I am going to ask uh, Jesse, my assistant, we had... Uh, uh, He's a lot of you know know him if you if you're on the in the Facebook groups, uh, but he is going to be shipping me off to an unknown location in the world. I think I'm going to do this in May, uh, so I'm just going to have him pick a random country, anywhere in the world, and uh, just book my accommodations in the trip, and I'm just going to go there and see what I can make, um, <laughs> and just no preparation, no nothing, just. Go make something happen. Um, and I'm going to definitely document that one for YouTube. I think that one's just going to be fun. Um, and then the last thing is I want to go to Jerusalem. Uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I have just always wanted to go there. I think it'd be cool. And I want to spend a lot of time uh, photographing it. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm looking for. So uh, you guys are invited. Come with me uh, if you want to come do these things with me. Um, storm chasing. It's gonna be kind of hard to plan for the one where if we don't know where you're going. No, you guys can know where it is. I'm not gonna know. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm. So we can tell Jesse that we you're approving us to go ahead and book everything through him, and you've got it covered. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's okay. it. yeah. I heard uh, you. Yeah, right. That's all I heard. Um, no, I, I, all of these are are gonna be available. You guys can. Uh, listeners can can come with me uh for the storm chasing that one i'm a little bit nervous about taking a group to uh but actually i've learned that storm chasing is actually not terribly dangerous um and uh only one time has a, a group of storm chasers ever died in storms and it, you have to have a certain skill level to get close enough to a tornado and i have a very low skill level uh so i think we'll be lucky to even see uh any tornado it's just about chasing the storms themselves um anyway so uh all of these i'm going to make meetups especially if somebody is scuba uh a couple of guys that are uh, people that are scuba certified uh, i want to make a really cool um portrait shoot underwater make that happen so there's there's a really cool crater here in utah that's warm year round that they do scuba stuff in so you should check that out too. a crater a crater huh that's cool. filled with it's like 50 feet of water and 
it's crystal clear and anyway you should check that out okay and what's that, that what's that isn't that netflix the stories the story oh, yeah. of light or whatever uh, um tales, tales by light or yeah tales yeah. by light what's yeah, that yeah. where she does the and that's that? on uh, Tales by Light. It's on Netflix. It's a really, it's kind of the world's longest Canon commercials. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, all, it's all like Canon explorers of light in it. And Art Wolf is one of them. Um, Who but we just had on tripod, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And um, really a cool show. And one of, one of the shoots is like an underwater free diver. And she's like photographing this guy swimming up through this beam of light at night. And another one, another cool episode that was in that was this guy was doing long exposure light painting underwater Whoa. on this old like airplane wreck. Pretty cool. Dude, Pretty that's cool. advanced. You have to watch it. You'll get some good ideas. From uh, it's it. called Tales yeah. by Light. Tales by yeah, Light. Yeah, I think. Why Tales? Oh, like stories? Yes. yes. Because oh, it's yeah. not canon explorers of light. It's not exploring by light. It's Tales by Light. Oh. And and every chance they get, you see the big Canon logo right at the top. So they know who's, who's in the bill. <laughs> but it's really, really well done. It is good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, if you're a member of Improved Photography Plus, check out the Adventures tab. Uh, I'm going to be posting all those in there. Uh, I always want to give the the first opportunity. All, all these are going to be small groups um, uh, for these uh, adventures with me. They're not photography workshops. They're not paid. You aren't going to get any instruction, really. I mean, I'm glad to help with something, uh, but it's it, it's not a it's not a workshop. This is just about like getting together and just shooting. Uh, so if you want to come on one of these uh, adventures, meetups with me, uh, want to do some crazy cool shoots, uh, then check out Improved Photography Plus. Click that Adventures tab. We're going to have a lot more in there. Uh, and if there are um, uh, other spots available after the Improved Photography Plus, people have taken a look at it, then I post those in the Facebook group as well. Well, 2017 looks epic for all of us. I'm excited <laughs> to uh, to see all these things happen. Well, let's get on to the doodads of the week. Um, uh <sighs> Jeff, I think let's let's send this one to you first. Okay, so mine is uh, I just recently upgraded the video card in my photo editing computer, Windows PC. There, I went with a GE Force GTX 1060 video card. It's a relatively inexpensive card. It's still two hundred and ten dollars, though, so it's not completely cheap. But it's relatively inexpensive, but provides kind of the very latest NVIDIA technology at a pretty reasonable cost. I've been uh, testing it out with Photoshop and Lightroom, and um, I've even turned on the graphics acceleration in both Photoshop and Lightroom, and it seems to be doing pretty well so far. So uh, it seems like a pretty good card to help you with uh, with doing photo editing at a relatively reasonable price. <laughs> yeah, gra- graphics cards can get crazy. They like, sure there's some can. There's cards out there that are like, you know, come with fans and, and all kinds of crazy stuff on them. Yeah. So, Nick, what's your uh, doodad of the month? <laughs> of the week? My doodad of the week are crampons. <laughs> crampons with a what CR. Okay. Um, so, they're, they're the spikes <laughs> that you put on the bottom of hiking boots or snow boots. And they come in all different different lengths and aggressivenesses. And <laughs> that's a Nick word right there. Yeah. Um, but they, I've used them several times in the, in the last few weeks. Uh, once in Iceland, when we were hiking across the glacier, you're hiking literally on solid ice. And you put these big, long spikes on the bottom of your feet. 
And when you step in, you kind of jam your feet down in and you can walk on just a solid sheet of ice and not slip at all. It's really, really creepy the first time you try to trust these things walking on a big ice cube, but it's amazing how much traction you can get. And then uh, when we were photographing waterfalls this past weekend, it was not we were on this really steep slope going down and it was like two inches of snow on top of mud and it was just really really slick and and going down without the crampons was just really scary and then once i put the crampons on i was just i felt like a ninja like i could just (laughs) i wanted to i was in four-wheel drive and it's amazing how much of a difference in your confidence you have when you actually have traction on the bottom of your feet so crampons the ones that i have are like you know, 20, 25 bucks, something like that. We'll put a link in the show notes, but really any different brand. I don't, I haven't found a brand I like or anything, but crampons can make a huge difference. Even on like slick logs and stuff like that, where you just don't have very much traction, some nice spikes really add a ton. So crampons. I got, I got your back on it, Nick. I have some too. And I, I love them. <laughs> oh yeah. It makes you feel like you're in four wheel drive everywhere you go. It's yeah. Awesome. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah. It's good and- stuff. Brian, I see from your hat that you're repping the Black Rabbit. I am. But first, let me put a little plug in here for uh, portrait sessions. If you ever want to hear some host make up the best words ever, listen to portrait <laughs> sessions. Like, <laughs> Nick and Erica, I, I spent some time just listening to one after another after another binging, and I just was cracking up. <laughs> Anyways, listen to them. Some of the, their uh, vocabulary is entertaining. So, it's like yeah, watching so, NFL. Man, those NFL announcers make up all kinds of words. You know what kills me? The, this is a, you've got me going now, Brian. The funniest thing that they say is when you watch any sporting event, the, you know, they get the announcer that goes over to interview the coach before the game. The coach always says the same thing. Well, we're going to try to get on the board early and really rack up some points. Thank you. Really? You think you want to get points uh, really early in the game? Genius. What a strategy. Just once you just once you want to hear him say, well, in the first half, we're not going to try very hard. Yeah, we're going to come way behind. And then we're going to come from behind and really surprise them. <laughs> You know what? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this. Um, my son and I, well, all my sons and I, we like to watch the NFL, the dubbing. The, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. 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 Bad lip sync. Bad lip sync. Yeah, yeah. And there's a newer one that just came out. And I thought it would be impressive if somebody could go through the videos here that you've made and done one of us. Oh, you know? yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> just what our, I mean, as if it could get any worse than what we already did. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, not, we're not big, bad football players, but we're photographers. So, yeah. So um, I recently received a Black Rapid double strap to uh, do a review on from them that they sent and really liked it. Uh, I really love the hat. They actually they sent me a Dude, hat. That's a cool hat. I'm gonna need a hat. That's cool. Well, it it doesn't come in black, Nick. So, <laughs> so it's out for Nick. You're Does out. it come in cool snow camo? Huh? I do like that because snow is black. <laughs> Anyways, Slush you said it was in, in Indiana, right? There you go. Yeah, it's dirty here. It's muddy. It's brown. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, the Black Rapids strap, if you're not familiar with the double strap one, it's the one where you almost feel like a gunslinger. You've got yeah. a camera on one side, one on the other, and it's just, it, it really is handy. I'm going to have more of an in, in-depth review coming out with it, but 
when it comes to the wedding, so the wedding I was shooting the other day, just to be able to switch from one camera to the next was really easy. And a lot of times uh, photographers shooting NFL games will have that as well because last second you've got to switch. I don't know. Nick, do you have one? Uh, no, but are you talking about the Black Rapid Yeti? Is that what it's called? The Yeti? Uh, this one's like the double the double breath or something is the one that they just sent me. But what I love about those is how incognito you are. You know, you don't really look like a serious photographer with <laughs> It's great for street photography. <laughs> yeah, you you stand out, but they're extremely handy. You know, the, the, the time I could see it being an issue is if you're like in football, you're sitting a lot on the ground and then getting up and sitting and the length of the strap, your camera is going to hit the, the ground when you're sitting and then when yeah. you stand up, it's fine. But honestly, compared to not having your camera or your shoulder straps getting all mixed up, I'm really liking it. So I, I think any type of double strap, especially the one I've seen from Black Rapid, I really like so far. Cool. Cool. Jim, you're yawning over there. Uh, was I? You caught me. I um, caught you. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up early this morning. Um, all right. My recommendation for this week is the Hinge Doc. Um, so I've never done this before. I know some people are, are going to be listening to this and be like, what? This is obvious. But so I... I have never set up like an actual nice uh, desktop solution for a laptop. Um, and I did it for my wife for Christmas. So she does all the billing and stuff for the for the business. And so she likes working on her MacBook Air. And because um, she likes to take it, you know, when we travel or things like that, she likes to have everything in her laptop. Uh, but she always comes into my office and uses my iMac because sometimes she likes the big screen and to use a mouse and things like that. And so I got this hinge dock, um, which on Amazon had terrible reviews, but it's awesome. I have no idea why it has uh, a lot of negative reviews. I, I really like like it. Uh, it's basically this, uh, uh, it's this receptacle that puts your MacBook Air sideways in it. So it's standing vertically up um, on your desk. So it takes very little space on your desk and it, uh, and they make them for the Retina display and the MacBook Pro and stuff. And you just slide this in there, and poof, you're set to go. It, you know, it's connected to your to your mouse and and your keyboard set out on the desk, and you you can have a big 27 inch monitor and everything. Um, and all you do is set your laptop in the in this dock, and poof, you have a nice desktop solution. So it's perfect for my wife because she has the big screen and the desktop and she just slips her her laptop closed you know even with the lid closed just slip it in this um and then poof everything's alive and ready to go and you basically it's a desktop at that point Uh, so it's a really cool solution Uh, and at the bottom of it it just connects to the little ports in there Uh, so i really really like it in fact i liked it enough that if the macbook pro was a little bit faster if they up the specs on the next version i could conceivably see myself switching from an imac to a laptop that i set up as a desktop uh, so that i only have to have one computer and it's it's with me on the go have you guys set up a, a kind of a solution like this for a laptop before yep i i'd use a dock as well what dock do you use jeff I will have to look Not up sure. what the name is. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what brand it was. I, I think a lot of them are very similar. Uh-huh. It's the same concept. It just plugs into I for the Mac, it's the Thunderbolt ports and uh and then it connects to the 
the display and then I use a KVM switch actually to switch in between my Windows desktop and the Mac, the docked Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that works great. I, I like having that time. I like having it open though. So I get the docks where I can have the, the lid open. So you have a second screen uh-huh. that way and yep. uh, you can move the cursor in between them. So I, it's great. I love that all the docks work well, PC and Mac, everyone I've tried, they've done a great job. Yeah, this was a, a pretty enough solution that I I really could be tempted to go all laptop when the MacBook Pro gets upped in its specs. Right now, it's not <laughs> fast enough for, for doing some of the things yeah. I need to. But Okay, and then the do random of the week is Eero, Eero Wi-Fi. Uh, my um, Apple Airport Extreme uh, wireless router finally died on me. Um, I will add, if you have to restart your router... Uh, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever, it gets on the fritz and you got to restart it. It's time to replace. Uh, I, that is always the sign. No router lasts forever. And usually they don't last that long, honestly. Uh, if your router's two or three years old and you ever start to notice that, ah, you got to restart this sucker, it's it's going to be done. <laughs> so anyway, um, I bought Euro. It hurt in terms of the price. This thing's expensive. Um, I, I paid 400 bucks for it. Ouch! But you get three routers and you spread them around your house so you get perfect five bars everywhere you go in the house. There are several solutions for this. Google has a solution out. Uh, Velo has a solution out. There's the one from Belkin. I can't remember what it's called. Um, anyway, there, there are several of them out there. Why did I choose the Eero? Because that's the one that was in stock at Best Buy. Uh, I I think if I were buying, I'd probably go with the Google one, Uh, but Google put me on a wait list. I wasn't sure how long it was going to be, and I needed one then. Um, It's a pricey sucker, but it really does work very well. Um, And so something to look at if if uh, your Wi-Fi dies out or if you have a good internet service provider but uh, still have trouble getting, you know, consistent service in your house, uh, it's something to check out is to uh, up your game on the, the router. So that's my recommendation. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us on this episode of the Improved Photography Podcast. Uh, We're excited for a lot of things coming up in 2017. Um, We are going to do a call-in show uh, in just a couple weeks. It's going to be a live call-in show. Uh, So people can call in. We're going to have a call screener. Um, And what we want to hear from you uh, is what you're planning to do with your photography in 2017. Kind of like the things we talked about, uh, kind of our dreams, the things that we're going to be working on in photography. I want all of you listeners to think about your own. Uh, And one thing that I'm going to do this year is I'm going to work to make somebody's happen. Uh, So if you got a dream to, uh, you know, shoot in the Alps, uh, we're going to make it happen for somebody. Or if you really need to get your portrait photography business off the off the ground, uh, I'm going to fly out and I'm going to help you get it started or whatever it is. I want to make somebody's dream in photography this year become a reality. Uh, So we're going to do a call in show in just a few weeks um, and we're going to invite people to call in. There will be a call screener and you can just come right on the show, chat with us for just a few minutes um, and tell us about what it is that you're planning to do with your photography and uh, one person is going to uh, have improved photography's backing to make it happen. Uh, So look forward to that in just a couple weeks and we will see you in the next seven days.